0: Impact 89FM's own NFL podcast, hosted by Michael Markosch, Kevin McCormick, Owen Ozust, and Manique Patel. This is the Pylon Podcast. Welcome back into the Pylon. episode a draft edition episode here today is April 29th Friday last night was the first round of the 2022 NFL draft we're going to hop into all the storylines talk about day two of the draft as well that will be on later on tonight um, of course your host Michael Markoch, back in the chair alongside me my normal co-host Jada Koster Manit Patel and we are joined by a special guest today. Carter Landis, you may know him from Courtside Convo, the NBA podcast here at Impact eighty nine FM, but he's coming on the pylon to talk some NFL with us today and a little bit of the draft. Carter, how are we doing?
1: Good. How are you doing, man? Good. We're we're I
0: think we're all doing well. Uh, so you're a Falcons fan, is that correct? That's right. Unfortunately, yeah.
1: unfortunately.
0: Well, you're you're here with a Bears, a Lions, and a Browns fan. So misery loves company. Welcome,
2: welcome to the boat, man.
0: <laughs> but. Let's get right into it. Last night, of course, the first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars at number one overall selected Trayvon Walker, the edge rusher out of the University of Georgia. we had been hearing kind of leading up to the draft. It seemed like Aiden Hutchinson was going to be the pick there. But then a few days ago, Walker seemed to be getting a lot of smoke and he ends up being the pick at number one to the Jaguars. So what do we think? Good pick, bad
3: pick? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, a, a guy that's going to be a nice run stuffer for the Jaguars for years to come is really going to help that defense that you know needs a lot of it. And you know, I thought they were going to take Hutchinson just because, you know, an edge rusher, you know, number one overall, you know, just kind of makes sense. But no, they go with Walker. You know, a, a big, strong guy, and yeah, I think he'll. I think he'll really fit that defense well. And so we'll see how see how he does.
2: Yeah, I. I liked it. I think, you know, th- there were three guys off the edge that you could have gotten similar value out of in terms of Hutchinson, Walker, and Kavon, And, um, you know, the Jags t- took who they thought was best for them. So I can't really complain with that. Um, Bulky though, I don't know. I feel like he's going to end up regretting this, even though it was a good pick, and Walker's, like, one of the most athletic just players we've seen in the draft in the past, like, 40 years, he wasn't as good, like, on tape in terms of just his performance in general. And, like, Georgia uses a lot of defensive line rotations and their players didn't get enough run. It was similar to Michigan State and how they rotate a lot. But um, so the numbers weren't, like, eye-popping, but I feel like with that athleticism, he'll be able to, fit, like, transition well.
1: Yeah, I like the pick. Um, I, I like that Jacksonville did their own evaluations. They didn't listen to any of the outside media noise or anything like that when it came to a uh, guy saying, oh, yeah, Hayden Hutchinson should be the pick or, you know, whoever the, whoever the media was saying it should have been the pick. You know, they, they like Trayvon Walker, and, I mean, I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah, like Manit said, like the production, the numbers weren't exactly eye-popping, but, I mean, you look on the tape, you see a guy who is super versatile, can rush the passer, you can play him inside. So pretty much you can line him up anywhere on on the defensive line, and he can just absolutely wreck an offensive line. Uh, you see an you see an explosive pass rusher. You see a guy who uses his hands really well. I saw a comparison to Deniel Hunter. Mm-hmm. So I mean, a guy with a ton of upside like that, worth the number one overall pick? I'm not sure. I know this draft was a little bit uh, you know thinner in terms of talent than years in the past. Um, personally, if 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 I was Trent Baalke, if I was the Jaguars. I would have gone with an offensive line. I know they extended Cam Robinson. I know they signed Brandon Scherf, but I mean, passing on Evan Neal. Evan Neal's a guy who you can slot in there as your franchise left tackle for years. I'm not really sure Cam Robinson is that guy, but I mean, you know, if if they wanted to improve the pass rushing, they wanted to put somebody next to uh, Josh Allen. It's not wasn't a terrible deal.
3: Yeah, and I and just to add on that, I'm, I'm looking at NFL.com. It said they compared Travon Walker to Ziggy Ansah. Do you do you agree with that? In,
1: that's an interesting one. Um, no, it is. I think I think Walker is a little more polished. Yeah. Than Ziggy Ansah was coming more out. More athletic too. And definitely a lot more athletic. I mean, you know, I'm always going to take the, the the Georgia guy over like a BYU pass rusher. That yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's an interesting comparison. I don't. That's,
0: yeah, I mean, I know. think <laughs> a lot of the stuff that I heard last night, especially about Walker, you talk about how his, you know, his, the production didn't necessarily seem like it was there, but a lot of people didn't really think he was necessarily used properly. Uh, Georgia used him a lot. On the interior rather than the exterior, but I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, as Jay, I think you hinted on really great run stopper, but not just at the line of scrimmage, but he can track you down 20 yards down the field, and he's going to be able to run and catch you, and that's something that just Jacksonville you know, needs on that defense. He's going to be able to fly around. You can play him in a 3-4. You can play him in a 4-3, inside, outside, no matter what you want to do. Um, very versatile, one of the most versatile players in the entire draft. So, I mean, again, you can't really hate on it. Um, because again, there was no really slam dunk number one pick in this draft like you saw last year with Trevor Lawrence. So with the pick of Walker going number one, Monique, that means your Detroit Lions were left with Aiden Hutchinson at number two, and they did not hesitate. They they took Aiden Hutchinson faster than I think I've seen a lot of picks in the field. Like they ran, they to the ran phone. that pick in. Um they also trade up twenty spots from number thirty-two to select Jameson Williams at number twelve overall, to giving up thirty-two pick number thirty-two pick thirty-four, which is the second pick tonight, and they gave up a later fourth-round pick. So, uh, I guess we will start with you. What are your thoughts on uh, Aiden Hutchinson? We'll start over there. I mean, I was talking with Jay
2: about this before we got here, and like I feel like. Every, all the noise about Hutchinson was that if the Lions took him at two, he was the safe pick, and I see it as that, but, like, when safe, when your safe pick has the potential ceiling of a perennial all-pro, um, there's nothing, like, you can really complain about there. I think Kayvon has a better overall career, but at the end of the day, I can't complain about Hutch because he's still a top-three prospect in the draft. And then the Jamison trade, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was freaking out when it happened because I was like, whoa, they gave up a bit, quite a bit. I thought it was quarterback. Before I realized, like, how it actually worked out. And I, yeah, also thought I was a quarterback. I was like, oh, God, Malik Willis, Malik Willis, Malik Willis. And then I was like, oh, no, Jamison Williams. And I was very pleasant. Um, but trading basically away pick 34 to move up 20 spots in both rounds, the second and Sorry, the third to the second, and then 20 spots in the first round with the divisional rival. Completely okay with that, and we took a receiver off the board for teams behind us. Made teams play more aggressive in front of Green Bay. They didn't take wide receivers, so overall, I like the whole building process there.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't disagree with with what you said. I mean, Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to be the anchor on your defensive line for years to come. I mean... You could talk about oh we didn't show up against Georgia or, you know we got shut down against this team. Or, you know, against Ohio State he just he destroyed them. I mean, mm-hmm. sorry Michael I know I didn't want I not want to do that to you but, I mean what it's age? Wait Aiden Hutchinson is I mean he'll 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 be that guy for Detroit and then Jamison Williams, I mean Alabama receiver I I don't have a problem with that. I mean trading up to get to get a, a wide receiver one to complement Ross St Brown, and then D J Chark. I mean the Lions are turn this thing around kind of fast here so
1: yeah can't complain about the wide receiver room now at all yeah you nailed it yeah I mean Hutchinson I there was for some reason some blowback against that pick I don't really understand why I really liked Hutchinson as a prospect Uh, I love that you know he's just such a relentless strong guy off the edge There, really good with his hands really really uh, good you know the swim moves and and the underneath move and everything so he's got a bevy of pass rush moves and he's always in the backfield I mean, the guy is just a nonstop player. So, I mean, I think that he is going to be an absolute, you know, game changer for that defense. So, it's a It was a great pick, and keeping a local kid home is is never a bad thing. So, I I, I like the I like the Hutchinson pick for the Lions. I really like the Jamison Williams. Yeah, they did trade a lot for him, but I mean, I think that if the ACL comes back clean, uh, that's a guy who is just going to be, I think, one of the better receivers in the league. He's got ridiculous speed he just beats any corner you know he can beat man he can sit down and zone uh he's got great hands he can make that yak ability happen so i mean i think the lions knocked this draft out of the park i think brad holmes did an excellent job adding a pass rusher which they really needed and a true number one wide receiver to go in that receiver room with there was a couple really good players but now you've got that 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 true number one there so i think that they absolutely killed it
2: yeah in a draft i mean in a league where speed is becoming more priority, I feel like they got the fastest receiver they could have. And I think the fastest receiver in the draft. So can't mm-hmm. complain at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think probably a little bit of the pushback, pushback from Hutchinson, at least that we've been seeing, is just, you know, it's human nature. We have a lot of Lions fans who are also Michigan State Spartans. That's and true. They're conflicted with the idea of having a Wolverine now as one of the faces of their franchise. But, you know, in the NFL, at least I've learned... You know, you get over that very, very quick because they they're wearing your team's colors now. And, you know, it trust me, it it, it gets it gets easier. But I think, yeah, I mean, I think you hit it on the head Garter. He He's he was the best prospect in the draft. I mean, I don't he was the most polished, probably the most NFL ready pass rusher. He can do anything they're going to ask him to do. And he's going to be able to wreak some havoc in that NFC North against, you know, with quarterbacks that are besides Aaron Rodgers I mean you get Kirk Cousins and Justin Fields and you know we saw what the Bears were like last year they haven't really done much on the O-line again oh. so I mean it's there for the taking for sure they could definitely make some moves Um and as for the Jameson Williams pick at least in my opinion I don't hate it but I'm just kind of sitting in the position of like I feel like if you're the Lions you have still so many holes so all like trying to think, I can't talk today, but (laughs) you have so many holes in so many different positions. And I'm not the biggest fan of getting rid of all that draft capital for one guy. I think those are picks that you need to be able to build your team in other areas. Like you're not, this team's far from a finished product. Um, But, you know, I'm okay with them waiting on a quarterback next year. The quarterbacks are going to be a lot better, at least on paper. So, you know, I'm not like saying that they should have gone that route. I just trading up, trading up 20 spots and giving up all those picks for Jamison Williams, a guy who I know he's ahead in his rehab process, but possibly won't be on the field for you till October, is that's that's a bit of a risk. So um that's I guess my only qualm about it that I will say. But as for, I mean, wide receivers in general, just absolutely flying off the boards there and about the teens, the first receiver taken was actually Drake London to Carter's Falcons at number eight overall. But after that, three straight current or or former in some sense Ohio State Buckeyes go off the board at 11 or 10 11 and 12 Garrett Wilson goes number 10 to the New York Jets Chris Olave the Saints trade up to get him at number 11 then of course the Lions take Jameson Williams at number 12 Williams was at Ohio State before transferring to Alabama and then other wide receivers that are take you got you know who was it Jahan Dotson was next at 17 he goes yeah. to the Washington Commanders and then Traylon Burts goes to Tennessee at 18 and the only reason he went to Tennessee at 18 was because Tennessee traded A.J. Brown for him. Uh, A.J. Brown traded to Philadelphia in a, a massive draft day blockbuster. I remember I was just kind of just – I was just sitting watching the draft, and I'm like, I see the Titans trade up, and we're like, oh, okay, Titans traded up. I wonder what they gave up. All of a sudden you figure out they gave up A.J. Brown, who then gets a massive contract extension to Philadelphia. What was it, like four years, 100 mil? Yeah. 57, 57 guaranteed. 57 guaranteed, an absolutely absurd contract, A.J. Brown. Um He'll he'll be the new star receiver in Philadelphia, and the Titans take Traylon Burke. So I guess your guys' thoughts on the other wide receivers that went the first round and the the massive AJ Brown trade?
3: Yeah, I mean the look AJ Brown's a hell of a talent. Um, he's had some injury issues, but still a really good player. Um, he's really gonna help Philly out. Just be him and Devontae Smith. I'm really excited to see what they do next season, but. I didn't really understand. I just didn't understand Tennessee's plan here. I mean, sure, they, you could take a risk on Burks, uh, Berks, who's an unproven guy, um, who they compare to AJ Brown on NFL Network, which is pretty funny. Um, who uh, is on a cheaper deal, obviously, in a rookie contract, and you don't have to pay AJ Brown all that money. I just didn't understand what Tennessee was doing. Like, he, I mean, in my in my scenario, I'd probably pay AJ Brown the money. I mean, maybe they had like they had some concerns about the injuries but i just didn't i just didn't really understand it like i don't know or-
1: yeah i i love this for philadelphia i don't really love it for tennessee i mean i think that it's just kind of i think it's lazy to not pay your receiver i think it just i i don't understand i mean aj brown is one of the best young receivers mm-hmm. in the game top 10 he, receiver in the game absolutely he's he's a game changer he absolutely is what He's an abs- He was an absolutely crucial piece of that offense with with Derrick Henry and, and those guys. So I don't understand why you're just moving on from him to draft a guy who could be AJ Brown. It kind of reminds me of like you know like that Family Guy joke where it's like it's like there could be a boat in this box. It's like hold on, we got to look at the mystery box. It could even be a boat. It's like we could draft this guy that's Traylon Burks. He could be AJ Brown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It it, t- it feels like an unnecessary risk when you could just you could just pay your guy. You could just pay AJ Brown instead of instead of just drafting a guy who could who could be AJ Brown or not. I don't know. I don't get it. Um I think Philadelphia with him and Devontae Smith is an absolutely killer duo. And for a team that was in the playoffs last year that needed to upgrade at a couple positions, this is a, a really good way to do it. I mean, yeah, I, I can't
3: agree with that. I Minnie, mean, you got any, any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think like they should have just paid him, I'm, honestly. Um, at he said he would have signed for twenty two million a year, which is cheap compared to the contracts we've seen going around for receivers. Um, but they offered him a sixteen million dollar base salary and in incentives to raise it to twenty a year mm-hmm. over four years. So like that just that is very disappointing because when the time comes, if and if you have that same situation with Traylon Burke, so you're gonna do the same thing again, like gets. Just going to repeat itself. It's mm-hmm. pointless to do that. You're losing a top ten receiver in the league who has chemistry in your offense, and balances out really well with Derrick Henry. And I think having a rookie come in and try to replicate that is
1: going to be tough, especially for a team that pretty much had a stranglehold on their division. Yeah, basically. Why did you, like, Why did they get worse? Like well, no, no. And the dis- Colts got better. No, yeah, and no disrespect no. to Traylon Burks, but he's not AJ Brown. So it's like no. why are you why are you getting rid of a, a star receiver? I don't Well, I
0: mean, let's take a look at the numbers. Sometimes you sometimes you just got to follow the money. You look I I pulled up the the Titans cap hits oh yeah for next season. Mm-hmm. They have 38,600,000 tied up in Ryan Tannehill next season. They're paying Derrick Henry 15 million next season. Their left tackle Taylor LeWan's making almost 15 million as well. Robert Woods, $10 million. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of money tied up into the offensive side of the ball, including you're paying your quarterback almost $40 million a year, and it's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> so in the end, I can kind of see what they're thinking. Like we can't afford to give AJ Brown all this money. Like that's money they don't have. Yeah. Um, at least for next year. And I get it, the salary cap's a joke. Like you can mm-hmm. you can finesse it to do whatever you want. Like, it's whatever. But at the same time, like they're making a business decision to not give him that money at this point in time so you know i guess i can see it but still i mean yeah i mean
1: yeah aj sense. brown
0: was there i mean you had him and it, it is frustrating right now to see the way the nfl is going with just the wide receivers are moving around and everyone seems to want to pay these wide receivers except for the team that drafted them
1: yeah i don't And get that's it.
0: just reality i every every receiver is getting traded before they get their second contract and i just i i don't understand it so another massive trade well not i wouldn't say massive it's definitely a second tier based on the aj brown trade but marquis hollywood brown from baltimore gets traded to arizona for arizona's first round pick the i don't know how they got a first round pick for hollywood i i I really (laughs) don't magic i really don't magic only only uh only the guys in arizona who think they're cooler than everybody else but um Uh, Hollywood goes to Arizona to play with his old college teammate, Kyler Murray, uh, and the Ravens moved back or got another pick in the first round that they then used on Tyler Linderbaum, the center from Iowa. So, uh, an interesting development that happened off of that though. If anyone was paying attention on Twitter, uh, (laughs) one Lamar Jackson was not happy at all that they traded, uh, Hollywood, uh, multiple tweets he just did not seem upset and for a quarterback that right now the Ravens can't even get to the negotiating table for a contract extension not the guy I think you want to make upset right now not at all no. No. that
3: that was that was <laughs> something I mean I, I go on Twitter and I see Lamar Jackson saying he's w, going off WTF I cannot say the actual <laughs> yeah. word on the air but yeah I remember I remember seeing that I was like wow I mean like the Ravens like we'll get to the winners and losers in a little bit but you got Tyler Linderbaum, who I, <clears throat> who I really liked coming into this draft. I think it'll be a really nice piece for them on that offensive line that kind of needs it because Ronnie Stanley is a very good tackle. He's had some injuries, and then their interior hasn't been great over the years. Um, and then you get Kyle Hamilton, who was one of my favorite players. I mean, I think he'll be an anchor on that on that defense. Um, I wouldn't say the next Ed Reed, but I, I do think Kyle Hamilton – the traits are similar. Can be sure. a pro bowl type type caliber safety for years to come for that for that secondary. That has a lot of talent already. So, I mean, yeah, we can see why Lamar's kind of unhappy just losing Hollywood Brown. That's that's his guy. But you know, maybe they I mean, they still have Rashad Bateman. They can f- find other guys in in the second round. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Ravens. I really like what the Ravens did. So, I mean.
2: Yeah, I agree, too. I definitely like the moves Baltimore made. I think they made their team better um, as much as Lamar wants to complain and whatever. Like, their team is much significantly better than it was going into yesterday. Um, Getting Kyle Hamilton to combine with Marcus Williams on that defense is disgusting because that gives Hamilton more free reign to just roam and do what he does, do what he did at Notre Dame, just carry it over to Baltimore. And then Linderbaum, phenomenal pick to anchor your O-line. Four years to come, make Lamar happy. It'll take him a second to realize <laughs> that this will make him happy, especially because it was a pick that was traded for Hollywood. But, um, yeah, I think overall Baltimore came out really well from that.
3: For and sure. they still have Mark Andrews. Like, yeah, I mean, Hollywood, like, Hollywood's like not—he's not anything special. Not
0: Mark Andrews guy. was always the number one guy. Yeah, like he—he no. he has been for years. I just. I think Lamar's a little probably upset that they traded yeah. Hollywood Brown for a pick, and then they didn't replace Hollywood Brown with that pick. They go with the center, yeah. which then, of course, Lamar goes on Twitter and says, oh, don't worry. I'm not complaining about my center. It's like, eh, you kind of were. Like, the timing of your tweet, Lamar, I'm sorry. That's a little suspicious. But, uh, you know, like, I mean, you guys both hit it. Kyle Hamilton's an absolute home run. I, I When they took Hamilton, I was officially bothered. Uh, I am. I despise how well the Baltimore Ravens draft. They never seem to miss unless At pick fourteen unless two. it's the, unless it's the wide receiver like, position, <laughs> which sorry. they've struggled with forever. But they never miss with a draft pick. It just ever, and it irritates me. And now I have to deal with Kyle Hamilton for the next. It's, it's what
3: Eric DaCosta it's, it's, it's what, it upsets What Eric me. does. I mean, what the what they're able to do. I mean, they have the. One of the best front offices in the league, in my opinion. I mean, there's no, I don't think there's any question about they it. They just
0: draft so well, and they're in my, and they're in the Browns division. It's like I don't. Now we have to deal with Kyle Hamilton for the next decade, and I'm just not excited about it. But all right, Carter, what do you
1: think? Yeah, I mean, Eric DeCosta absolutely had a phenomenal draft. Um, yeah, I I wouldn't be too worried if I was Ravens fans about losing Marquise Brown. I mean. I think he was kind of underwhelming the last mm-hmm. couple of years, can and you get weren't, him again in and you wouldn't, <laughs> and you wouldn't, and, more and you Calvin would Oster there. Yeah, and you wouldn't want to, you wouldn't want to pay a guy that much money. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, trading him isn't isn't the worst idea. Um, it it is kind of an interesting decision to uh, to not replace him, but I mean, the picks that they did make were 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 knockout picks. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, yeah, Kyle Hamilton was a top five talent in this draft that somehow got to fourteen, and for a team somehow. that, and for a team that one, needed to add another safety, and two, got somebody who can play not only safety but pretty much all over the field is is outstanding. And for a team, for you know a guy like John Harbaugh, who will absolutely know how to use Kyle Hamilton mm-hmm. in the best way possible, it was an absolutely dream landing spot for the Ravens and for Kyle Hamilton. So they nailed that pick. Linderbaum is a guy who will add some stability to that interior line. Um, yeah, they didn't really have that in recent years and I mean the last couple of years you've seen Lamar's kind of been running for his life especially with uh, Ronnie Stanley being out they need to add I think some more offensive line pieces but um, Linderbaum's a good start but Linderbaum is an absolutely great start I think that if you know Lamar is there for the long haul but I guess which is I think a situation that we'll monitor in the next coming year or so but if he is a long term Raven then I think that someone like Linderbaum is someone he can establish some really good chemistry with so yeah, I mean, I think they, I think they nailed that draft. Yeah,
0: I mean for sure. And you mentioned just the Iowa connection. Just, I mean, look, you could go back in history. The last few years of the draft, ever since Kirk Ferentz has been at Iowa, Iowa has a lot of good talent that comes to the NFL. Like they may not be good at that level, they produce some high level NFL. They know how players. to put
1: pros in the league. Like Especially they don't. The tight ends. There yeah. just
0: aren't a lot of Hawkeyes in the league right now that you would say aren't good players. Right. Like Did they're they're the, all really good.
2: The, ESPN, or it might have been on the ABC broadcast, they played a clip of Linderbaum and Tristan Wirfs yeah. wrestling
0: in high school.
2: That was ridiculous. <laughs>
0: and that's was pretty cool. Tristan Wirfs is another one. And then you go back to guys like Brandon Sheriff and stuff like yeah. that. And oh, Noah yeah. Fant, TJ Hawkinson,
3: George Kittle. like James Daniels, who's a, he's a
1: decent guard. Like I like James Daniels. Yeah.
3: Iowa just, they develop
0: talent for the NFL level and they may not produce always in results in college, but it's, it's, it's an NFL factory most of the time. It's very, (laughs) can't really debate. You can never go wrong drafting an Iowa Hawkeye. That's just all I'm trying to say. So
3: Desmond King, Jake Rudolph. Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah, I mean, overall that, yeah, it's good picks from Baltimore as always. They do it every single year. And if you, if you didn't know that you haven't been paying attention because they, they draft very, very well over there in Baltimore. Uh, the last thing I want to hit on before we kind of move on to some winners and losers, one quarterback is taken in that first round. Only one at number twenty overall. The Pittsburgh Steelers take the hometown kid Kenny Pickett to be their quarterback of the future. And many uh, visibly upset. Maybe I'm not sure. I know <laughs> he just dropped his phone very forcefully. <laughs> but um, Kenny Pickett, the uh, the next quarterback. Of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Question mark. I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a lot of. Pro- I don't know. I mean, I I didn't love Kenny Pickett coming in this draft. I mean, we I don't I don't really care about the the small hands part. Like you know, whatever. Jared Goff. I mean, Jared Goff. He's been a decent QB in this Teddy league. Teddy Two Gloves is the be- yeah, Like the best exactly. backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kenny Pickett, like the hometown kid. Whatever. I mean, him and Mr. Best game would we'll be battling out. That's going to be interesting. But, um, you know, I just. I think he'll be a decent guy for them. Um, I'm not. I'm not saying he's gonna be a. I don't think he will be like a home run guy for them. I just don't think he's that type of prospect that's just gonna you know win them a Super Bowl. That's just that's just me. I mean, I don't know what, what else you guys think, but I mean, I thought I thought he was gonna go in the second round. To be honest, I mean, I thought I thought that might have been a. I mean, Pittsburgh needed their guy, and they got him, but I don't know. I, I, thought, he, I thought he was more of a second-round guy, to be honest, because I thought Malik Willis would be the first guy off the board for me. So,
2: Yeah, I I thought this pick would come down to Pickett or Willis and was surprised when it was Pickett because of all like the yeah. rumors that had mm-hmm. Willis. And Willis felt you didn't have to move to get him. Yeah. He was right there. Yeah, so it was really interesting that even with Willis falling to where they wanted him, didn't take him. But I guess that's how much they believed in Kenny. So we'll see how it goes. I think he'll still sit for at least six weeks behind Mitch. But from there, it,
1: he's just going to run with it, I guess. It'll be interesting. I was pretty shocked that the Steelers went with Kenny Pickett. I mean, what, for the past like couple months of the whole draft process, Mike Tomlin in the Steelers' front office is... Is, is whining and dining Malik Willis and they're and they're doing their homework on him and they're and they're it just seems like that's what they would do. I mean, you see all the smoke that they might go up and get him. They might, you know, trade into the top 10 if he's there and they didn't they wouldn't have even had to do that. I you know, and 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 I was I was a much bigger Malik Willis fan than Kenny Pickett throughout this draft process. I think I think the ceiling with Malik Willis is a lot higher. The floor might not have been as high, but no, I mean I mean if right. if if Malik Willis works out, I think you have a star at quarterback. That was always my my evaluation of, of Malik Willis. With Kenny Pickett, I just don't know what he does at the NFL level that's more than average. I mean, I think he's a pretty average athlete. A pretty average he's a pretty average arm mm-hmm. you know so i just think that i just think that you have a very very boring very baseline quarterback with Kenny Pickett i was just not really a huge fan uh, i mean i think him being in in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin that's probably the best case scenario i think it would have been the same way with Malik Willis i just i didn't get it just with all the all the resources they seem to invest in Malik Willis
0: yeah i mean i totally understand i totally agree with that um It's just like I said. I mean, Malik Willis fell right to you, and it just it confuses me in this regard because you 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 spend all this money to bring in Mitch Trubisky, right, to be what you supposed to be your quarterback for next season, and then you know you have a guy like Malik Willis who we know is probably a one to two year project quarterback. He's not ready right Right. away, but could take time to sit behind a you know an established pro like Trubisky and just learn and sit. But instead, you go with Kenny Pickett, who's already twenty three years old. He's turning twenty four. Very, very soon, like by the time the end of his rookie contract is up, if you take the fifth year option, Kenny Pickett's going to be twenty nine. Like, <laughs> yeah, it this isn't a guy that you can just wait on. Like, he's going to have to play right away. They said there's going to be an open competition, and I, I think Kenny Pickett beats him. I would I don't not be see any way he at wouldn't. all that Kenny Pickett yeah. isn't week one, the week one starter. And now you're paying Mitchell Trubisky all this money for what? Like, what have you done this for?
3: Yeah, Trubisky got Glennon as we like to say, he yeah. got Glennon Absolutely, that's a very good. Comparison. It'll, it'll be, I agree with Carter. Like my evaluation was just, he's just an average guy. He'll, I think he'll be a decent QB, not great, but you know, be average in this league. And he just has, he's just an average athlete. Um, you know, his, his arm strength is decent, but I just don't see anything that stands out that this guy is is going to be their next is going to be the next second coming of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, but yeah, it's going to be Mitch Trubisky versus Pickett and Camp. I think. I would say I think Mitch wins wins it, and then he'll play like four games, and then they'll just give it to Pickett. That that's what's probably going to happen. They'll, they'll go like one and three with yeah. Mitch and say, "No, we need Pickett." Right? Yeah. I heard that's what's going to happen. So
1: I heard Robert Griffin the Third on the broadcast say that Kenny Pickett was the next coming of Ben Roethlisberger, and I was just like, first off, that's another Ben Roethlisberger. What had a extremely strong arm RG3 when he first came out." <laughs> Sorry, Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> had an incredibly anyway. strong arm. Coming out of college and being like in his prime in Pittsburgh, and Kenny Pickett does not have the strongest arm. I, I you know, I just thought it was lazy, just because yeah. it's Pittsburgh quarterback. Hey,
0: but see, that's also my like my thought of it. Like, if Kenny Pickett went anywhere except for the University of Pittsburgh, do you think he was the pick last night? Probably I don't not. think so. Probably not. And that's just what the Steelers do. I mean, they they take a lot of guys from Pitt. They took James Conner. Yeah,
3: James Conner. Um, it was good for them.
0: Yeah, they and take was ACC very guys they they love the guys out in that that area. Penn State they took Frymouth yeah. last year like it, it's just you know like if I, it
3: works if, if I, I, good, it works i don't know i would
0: just be interested to see if Kenny Pickett would have been the pick last night had he not gone to the University of
3: Pittsburgh i'm not um, a fan of the hometown pick like i, I mean the Steelers like they're yeah, they're great. They're, great they're great at what they do but the hometown pick thing is just so so like whatever like Aiden Hutchinson like he's from Plymouth
1: like
0: mm-hmm. i mean well i will say to me it is a little different with Pittsburgh in just a case of The Pitt Panthers literally play at Heinz Field. They play all their home games there. So, like, Pickett's going to be in the same locker room he's always been in. He's going to be on the same field. Everything's going to be familiar. Nothing's new, except for, obviously, there's a transition period. But, like, at least on the field, like, it's all the same for home games. He's in the same environment he always has been. So it's a little bit different when it comes to Pitt just because of where they play. But um, overall, you know, I think we've... You know, hit on that enough. Malik Willis still on the board here in round two, along with all the other quarterbacks. So I'll be on the lookout for that tonight. But before we move on to tonight's second and third round and some of the prospects available, let's get into some winners and losers. Let's have all of you give me your biggest winner. It could be a team. It could be a player. It can be whatever you want. The biggest winner from last night, first
3: round. Biggest winner probably have to be... I'm gonna go two teams. I'm gonna go the Baltimore Ravens, like I said earlier, and then the New York Giants. I mean the New York Giants being able to get Kavon Thibodeau, who I really like, and then Evan Neal, who Carter hit on, who's I think he's gonna be a franchise left tackle for them for years. I mean, he's he was one of my favorite tackles coming out, and you know, Kavon Kevon Thibodeau, I, I think he'll be a stud for them on the def, on the defense, which they really need badly. So the Giants hit had two home run picks. Um, that'll really help them. And then obviously the Ravens landing Leonard as at center and then um who's the other guy? I'm Bump Blinken. Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, okay. yeah. yeah. Kyle Hamilton. It would be a very good player for them. So yeah. That's yeah, two guys. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um I think that sorry. No, you're good. I think that um there I also have two teams. I really like what Jay said about the Giants. You know, they had two hit picks they could have hit a home run in and they did in both Kayvon and Neal were, again, top three prospects. I had them right up there with Hutch, and getting both of them at 5-7 and is really nice. And then the Jets, like, as much as I hate to say it, they finally had a good draft, a good first round. And, I mean, Zach Wilson last year was nothing to scoff at, but, like, they really built their team in this draft, and this is what's going to show for the future. Getting those four guys... Sauce Wilson and Jermaine Johnson are all really good picks value wise, and there are rumors that they were going to take Johnson at four, so mm-hmm. getting him at twenty six is mind blowing.
0: Oh, and there was the video of um Joe Douglas in the uh in the War Room when they uh, officially made the trade up, and he sent the card for Jermaine Johnson, and how excited they looked, like they they couldn't believe he was still there, so they knew they 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 went up and they got their guy. So well, the- I
2: saw something that said. Like, more to that, I saw something that said every pick from 15 on, they tried to trade up. Really? They called every single team that had a pick from 15 on so they could get Johnson. And finally, someone did. Well, there was also like, what, 11 trades yesterday? 10, 9. 9 total?
0: 9 total first
3: round trades.
2: Oh, okay. the over under
0: was
3: 3.5. Yeah. <laughs> so, is, yeah. I, mean, I mean, this <laughs> has been a weird draft year. I mean, only one quarterback taken and. Like all we got, we had a, a star wide receiver being traded in the first round, of AJ Brown. I mean, that, it's just been nuts. Like, yeah.
0: and we thought it was gonna be Debo Samuel coming in yeah. tonight. We thought
3: Debo Samuel might be the guy
0: being traded to the Jets. It seemed like at number ten, and then he still, he still currently is a forty nine er. But all right, Carter, what are you thinking, winner?
1: Yeah, I have the Jets as a winner too. I mean, I mean they got great value. They got Sauce Gardner, who is just absolutely a stud. I mean, I didn't think that the way that Robert Salad schemes as defenses he'd have such a you know a, a, a focus on corners but you know it, it doesn't hurt to get a guy who didn't allow a touchdown in coverage in college so that doesn't hurt they also got Garrett Wilson who was my number two wide receiver I had Jamison Williams my number one guy but Garrett Wilson is an absolute game changer he is ridiculous mm-hmm. the way he's able to manipulate defensive backs uh, blind spots he's got great hands elite route runner good speed that's a guy who you can use in a lot of different ways with Zach Wilson, so that was fantastic. And of course, uh, and then of course, getting uh, Jermaine Johnson, who they didn't have to get at four. They didn't have to. They didn't have to make that gamble on him. They got him at twenty six at the end of the round. Just a guy who, obviously, you know, kind of struggled a little bit in his first couple of years in college at Georgia. Then he went to uh, community college and everything, but just burst onto the scene last year at Florida State. Strong pass rusher. It's quick, great get off. Um, I really like that pick for them. For a team that needs needed to add a premier pass rusher, I think Jermaine Johnson can be that for them. And they they got great value for him. The other the other team that I had uh, as a winner was the Detroit Lions. I think getting Aiden Hutchinson to anchor that defense and then Jamison Williams to be that number one in a room full of really good receivers, but you needed that 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 number one guy that focus. They killed it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'll. Two really good selections. The, the New York team's crushed it. I'm gonna go off the board here for my two my two teams that I think are winners. My first winner is the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I love what they did last night. You go out, you get AJ Brown. You get top ten, arguably maybe a top five wide receiver in the entire NFL. You, you know, you you gave up a first round pick to get him, but like who cares? Um, it, I think they give up a first and like a fifth. Like yeah. absolutely not, absolute steal. And then you also get Jordan Davis at 13, trading ahead of Baltimore. Kind of, we've heard that. They let Fletcher Cox go, if I remember correctly. They brought him back. Yeah, yeah they, did they did bring, bring, back? bring him back. They brought him well, back okay, on a one-year deal. But see, now think about it. Now you get Fletcher Cox, and now you're bringing in Jordan Davis to put right alongside him as kind of the heir apparent for when you do let Fletcher Cox go. For this next season, Fletcher Cox, Jordan Davis, that is a lot of meat in the middle. Everybody. Like, that absolutely. is a lot. Um, Jordan Jordan Davis is, I mean, he's he's a phenomenal prospect. And plus, you know, hey, you know what? He can also run the fullback dive. So, (laughs) you know, you got to wait for it. But I love what the Eagles did. And my second winner is actually the New Orleans Saints. Uh, I thought they did really well last night as well. Trading up to get Chris Olave. Chris Olave is the perfect fit in New Orleans, in my opinion. He fits what they need to do. He can take the top off of the defense while Michael Thomas can run some of the underneath stuff. And, you know, gives them options for James to throw to you. Still have Alvin Kamara in the backfield. The Saints are going to be a sneaky team to watch out for next year. And then not only do they do that, then they go get Trevor Penning, the tackle from Northern Iowa at 19. They, they lose. Um, Teron Armstead. Teron Armstead. Oh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and they replace him with Trevor Penning, who, you know, not as polished as some of the other tackles that went higher up in the draft, but a very solid replacement that you can at least plug in right now and he'll be able to protect Jamison a better fit. But, I mean, overall, I, I thought they did really well with Olave and Penning. Like I said, I think Olave. if there was a dream scenario for, for Chris Olave, I think it was New Orleans. And so I think, you know, those are my two winners, Saints and Eagles. And I would say that, at least for the first round. Now it's time to go kind of the other side, the teams or the people or, you know, somebody else who did not particularly do that well last night. The losers.
3: Uh, I'm gonna start off. I think it's obvious. The Tennessee Titans. I just don't know what they're doing. Like you still have Derrick Henry. I know Ryan Tannehill is not what they thought he was gonna be. Especially in the playoffs, he's really struggled. But trading AJ Brown for you know, basically a guy that's unproven that, that they think is gonna be another AJ Brown on a on a rookie contract, which is which is good. But again, he's unproven. I just didn't really understand that trading your star wide receiver for an unproven receiver who's has a lot of potential. Um, but I just didn't really understand that. And then. Um, man, this is a tough one. I mean, I. They I mean, don't need to have a second one. Yeah, I mean, I probably have to <laughs> probably have to go with the Titans. I mean, there's a, there's another team that I thought. Um, Green Bay, that's Green Bay. Yeah, I think be, yeah. Green Bay I, not I, I, not I, drafting I, a receiver. I've,
2: as much as I dislike Green Bay, I've been on the hill that they need a wide receiver since before they traded Devontae, and. Last night was an embarrassment for them. (laughs) Like, there's no other way to put it. They got good players. Quay Walker and Devontae Wyatt are phenomenal defensive players. But when your wide receiver one is Alan Lazard, you have to go out and get whichever rookie you can. And it was a categorical failure to not to. Burks, Dotson, Williams, Olave, Wilson, the top six are now off the board. And, two, but see,
0: but those were the only ones with a first round grade. Really, you have, yeah. So okay. in their defense, they didn't really reach.
2: They didn't reach, but you have four picks in the top sixty. Yep. What do you? What are you doing? Their next pick is 2nd tonight. That, that was bad.
1: Yeah, I don't. Ex- I don't see how they expect to be a team that's going to get to the Super Bowl with yeah. that receiving yeah. core. Aaron I mean,
2: Jones and AJ Dillon can only do so much offensively, and they're not going to help you in the receiving game. I, I so do,
3: I do, I completely agree. Needed I mean, a receiver and gr- failed to get. G- one. Like it's just the same every time. You you, you need to help Aaron Rodgers, especially training away Devontae Adams, and you don't draft one, at least one of the receivers. And you sign Rodgers long term, yeah. like at yeah. least show you're committed to yeah, him. that's a good one. And thank you for helping me out with that. So, sure. yeah,
1: yeah, he can make he can turn he can turn something out of nothing. You know. Uh, as he's done so Mm -hmm. often, but I think it's going to get, it's going to, this is way too much. Nothing. You've got to give him at least something to work with. I mean, Alan Lazardo's your number one receiver is not, is not really going to get that done. And I mean, I know the NFC is weak, but there's still a couple of quality teams that could, that could beat this team and this receiving core. If Um, if you
2: can't score points. Like there's just no way around
1: it. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Jones is the number two right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he is. They got, they got Jones, swings, Alan Lazard, he got Aaron Jones, Allen Lazard, Amari Rogers. They still they brought Tunyon back, didn't they? Yeah. So they, did, yeah. they got Tunyon still, but
2: Tunyon's coming but... but... off an Achilles rupture. Exactly. Or AC yeah. Yeah, so it, it's I it
0: want I was mean, yeah, he had a bad injury. Um, uh, but I mean yeah it's. I don't. I mean I'm I'm kind of scrolling through the first round here and
2: nobody did bad. But crazy. I don't really <laughs>
0: yeah. think a lot of teams did all that bad last night. I mean I'm interested to hear your thoughts Carter maybe on yeah. another team that you might have but
1: Yeah I mean I mean Green Bay was Green mine Bay, yeah. <laughs> Green Bay was mine they needed a receiver that was their number one focus like they're like they can survive like yeah getting Quay Walker and getting DeVonte Wyatt that's fine they would have been perfectly fine getting a receiver and not getting either of those guys like that's what they needed to do they would have been fine not getting Quay Walker and DeVonte Wyatt
0: Yeah I just to me I just I still struggle with just the idea of just strictly drafting for need, especially when uh, taking a guy like George Pickens in in that area. Now, okay, if they would have taken Pickens at
2: twenty eight, I, okay. I wouldn't have sense. been
0: I wouldn't have been as upset taking a what one of those wide receivers at twenty two would have definitely been a stretch. That none of those guys had first round grades. That would have been that's a good point to have like to take a George Pickens, a Christian Watson, a Sky Moore. That would have been that would have been a panic move, but. You that know, would, at 28, I mean, yeah, that would have made a little bit of sense to go up and just get your guy. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the Packers.
2: And getting Wyatt over Karloftis was kind of questionable, too.
0: Wyatt's legit, but Karloftis
2: should
0: have been a top 20 pick. Like, Jordan Davis overshadowed Devonte Wyatt last yeah. year just because
1: of how good he was, but yeah. like Devontae Wyatt is Devontae Wyatt just is as, really as good. good. He's right but, there, yeah.
2: Yeah, I think Karloftis should have gone top 20 still. Yeah, he's, he's insane. He's just a beast. Yeah. So
0: I mean, I think that's. I mean, th- there's there's obviously, like I said, I don't really think anyone did poorly. Um, you know, I could say the Steelers are probably a slight loser just because yeah. of just the situation that now you've created. Uh, you've you've you you've begun playing quarterback roulette. So good luck with that, Pittsburgh. We, <laughs> uh, I don't wish you all the best, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it goes for them. And yeah, I think Jay, you hit it well, Tennessee. It's it's a wait and see. Just, I just don't know what they're it's doing. Like, very, are, very, are they
3: trying to rebuild or are they are they trying to contend? Because they still have Derrick Henry. Uh, I, I just don't. Look, I just, and they still have a really solid defense. I I'll, just don't understand. I'll say
0: this now as someone who just wants <clears throat> to see this happen and who needs closure in the situation, but I think Tennessee is a a definite fit for Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And you can call me crazy, but like, think about what they did with Marcus Mariota and then bringing in Ryan Tannehill as kind of the reclamation project. I could see them doing the exact—they're not sold. But Tannehill's
2: sold. not as bad as Mariota was.
0: They're not sold on Ryan Tannehill. There, were talk yeah. there, there was talk they were going to take a quarterback last night. Yeah, So
2: 100%. I would but.
0: not be surprised at all. Now, of course, Baker's a $19 million cap hit, and you're already paying Ryan Tannehill like $40 million next mm. year. So I can understand that. Um, but also, yeah, that's—I mean, I, I may be a little biased, but I, I thought the Browns were very small winners last night just in terms of all the teams that— Baker could possibly be a fit for, did not take a quarterback last night, leaving the opportunity for a trade to open up. Uh, so, you know, opportunities are plenty as we move on to night two of the draft tonight here on Friday night, the day that we are recording this podcast. Um a lot of great players still on the board here for second and third rounds. It's gonna be another fun night. Uh, and a lot more picks to fly off the board. Tampa Bay of all teams, is going to open up the the yeah. show tonight with the first pick, 33rd overall, and then uh, Minnesota's on the clock as they got that pick from Detroit. So uh, let's just, I mean, go around. Some players still on the board that you really like. or I mean, I know for Jay and I, our teams are <laughs> going to be making our first selections of the draft tonight, yeah. uh, the Bears and the Browns, picking literally like six picks within each other.
3: I, I will um, be tuned in, but I mean – I think the well the Bucks open up tonight. I think they're gonna go with Booth Andrew Booth Jr. Mm. just because I think that's a position of need for them. Like I don't know, just because you know he's he, he's one of the top guys in the secondary that they could use. Um, Kobe Dean's also another one that mm. um that Tampa Bay maybe could use. Um, just because Levante David's kind of getting up there in age.
0: Yeah, Devin White though,
3: that is true. But they do run a they do run a three four. Yeah, so right. so right. I mean, right. Right. um. Yeah, and as far as for the Bears, I mean, the I hope they go Pickens, but he has, he has some character issues. He's that, still got to fall there too. There we've we've talked. Yeah, I mean, we we've yeah, talked about his character keep. issues. So I mean, the Bears could go wide receiver. The Browns could go wide receiver. It'd be really interesting to see how that goes. And then Malik Willis, obviously,
0: where does he go? Will
3: yeah. be the second quarterback off the board. Um, we think. Maybe. I don't know where he's gonna go. I mean. I mean, what do you think? Where 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 do you think Malik's going?
2: So looking at it, you got you have some spots here. I think New York, the Giants at thirty six. Mm-hmm. That's intriguing. The Giants Giants yeah. are hanging out at thirty six behind and, all those well, teams they, that have quarterbacks. They I don't
0: think they could imagine that Malik Willis would still be here right now. They absolutely no, should shot. jump on this.
2: They the Giants can totally just stay where they are, get Willis, and then it becomes dicey at forty and forty one because the Seahawks pick back to back. So I would expect them to go quarterback with one of the two picks there. And then, again, you don't see a team with quarterback need until Atlanta two picks later, and then the Lions at 46. Washington Mm -hmm. at 47. So, New Orleans at 49. Things could get really interesting in terms of quarterbacks. Oh, quarterbacks could fly.
0: They could. Yeah, It's
2: going to be a QB. I think we'll see a QB (laughs) run like we did with the wide receivers yesterday Mm -hmm. with, like, four going and five picks, something like that. Um, Lots of trade-ups happening.
1: Yeah, uh a couple names um you know that haven't been mentioned. Sky Moore is one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from Yukon. Yeah. Really good player. Leo Chenal, the linebacker from uh, Wisconsin is a good player. And yeah, that run on quarterbacks Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Willis of course. Um and a couple of those receivers too, uh, Christian Watson, Drake Pickens. Desmond Ritter Desmond is still Ritter. there. Yeah, so
2: high on Desmond Ritter. Oh my God. What would
0: would you take so many? Would you take him if he fell to the Lions at forty six?
2: Forty six? Yeah, I would. Would you take Ritter? Uh, yeah. Um, I think his athleticism makes him more. I think so. A, a, the way a lot of the QBs in this draft are, or they're all situational fits. They all have to work. They're all like gonna work based off where they end mm-hmm. up. So I don't think there's a quarterback that is good enough to go into a team and adjust to how they are if it's not a situational fit and it's more like they need to end up in the right spot. So Mm -hmm. I think it's for Ritter, it's a lot about especially him ending up in the right spot because if a team figures out how to use his athleticism the right way, he's going to be a really good quarterback. But same thing with Malik Willis. Like A team has to figure out how to tap into those. Into those potential abilities, yes, because he can sling the ball like we all know it. But it comes down to his decision-making and his football IQ that will really impact how far he can go. So, I really think Willis would be fun at 33. I know they got Trask last year, but letting Willis learn from Brady from for whatever, Brady. The two greatest. years. Like, there's there's literally no better benefit than that well, for t- t- any quarterback. could ever be drafted.
0: So I'm glad that you hit on that because I just thought it was interesting. In the whatever, what was it like month that Brady was retired? Yeah, like Tampa (laughs) Bay had like no plan. They had nothing. They did
2: nothing. They definitely did homework on quarterbacks. Now, I mean,
0: obviously they were in constant contact with Brady and they had an idea that he might come back, but they did absolutely nothing. Like they were going to roll with Blaine Gabbert and Kyle Trask. Like (laughs) this was so like. Maybe it is time that maybe you start thinking to the future of like, okay, yes, Brady's back for this year. They took Trask for the second last year, and they
2: were
3: yeah. in
0: third, tr-
3: uh, second round. Second? Wow.
2: Something
0: like that. But see, like, maybe they think Kyle Trask is their guy in the future, but I'm not buying it. Oh, no, shoot. I'm, I'm not, not buying on that either. <laughs>
2: If they have a chance to take Malik Willis, they should and They do at 33.
0: So, I mean, like I said, there's a lot of fascinating players still on there. The one player that I want to keep my eye on for where he goes tonight is David Ajabo. Edge rusher from Michigan. Uh, Obviously, unfortunately, he tours Achilles during his pro day. But for a team, especially like my Browns, like at 44, they're in a position where they could draft Ajabo and let him redshirt for a year. He doesn't need no pressure. They're probably going to sign Clowney after the draft. You literally, no pressure on him to play at all this year. It's just kind of a... You pick him and you put him in the bank. And then you have David Ajabo, a top 15 talent that you just got at 44th overall. Like, and I get it, no athlete's ever the same after an Achilles tear or something like that. But, you know, things like that certainly happen. So we'll see how that goes. Um, He's definitely someone I'm interested
2: in. The Raiders just declined Josh Jacobs' fifth year. Interesting. That doesn't
0: surprise me though. They, they declined
2: really... all three first rounders from the 2019 draft. They never Farrell, well, that, that 2019. Farrell, Jacobs, and Abram make sense. <laughs> well, um, but Jacobs yeah. is interesting though.
3: Ja- yeah. Definitely, I'm not surprised at Cleveland Farrell. That guy's so a he's a yeah. bust. But Jacobs, I mean Jacobs, he was a solid. So he's been a solid running back for them. But yeah, that's definitely that's. Really, I, w- I wouldn't say that's surprising just because you know the, the where running backs are these days. They you just take them for. And on the rookie contracts and let them go and you draft another one so like that's how it works so yeah yeah,
0: yeah i mean a lot of great players still on the board and that now I mean, we're going to see a lot of teams making their first pick tonight like we said there were eight teams yesterday that did not have a first round pick none of those teams came up to take a, anybody in the first round so a lot of uh team's gonna brand new blood here in the draft tonight the Rams don't make their first pick to 104 um
1: <laughs> Les Snead doesn't care about draft hey, picks. hey you know
0: what they were looking at Cole Strange at 104 <laughs> and then uh he went at 29 so you know <laughs> I don't know if anyone saw that video it's like all over Twitter of yeah. Les Snead and Sean McVay were sitting down for their media session and right as Cole Strange goes and like Les Snead's like whoa Cole Strange just went and McVay starts laughing he's like yeah we were looking at him we thought he was gonna be there at 104 <laughs> And, of course, you know, the Patriots do what they do, and they take them at 29th. So, um, overall, a lot of good players, a lot to watch for tonight. Um, Of course, we will be back next week with – or not – actually, we probably won't be back next week. Actually, this is probably the last episode of the year here for the Pylon as we go on to our uh, summer breaks uh, as the year at Michigan State is ending. But it's been a great year on the Pylon. Uh, Of course, you know, we will be able to – Push out some content for you next year. We'll be back full crew. Everyone's everyone's on the return, um, so we will be back next year for the start of the season with our brand new horrible preseason predictions, as always. <laughs> hey, <And>, uh, they <laughs> weren't
2: <worked> that bad.
0: <laughs> um, but overall, thanks for listening to the Pylon. You can find the Pylon Spotify, Apple Podcast, anywhere you get your podcast. Just search for the Pylon on Impact eighty nine FM. And enjoy the rest of the draft, tonight, second and third round. And then, of course, tomorrow, rounds four through seven. Big shout-out, Carter Landis, thank you for joining us today. Uh, your insight was phenomenal. And uh, we will catch you guys next year on the Pylon.